Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. And a good Thursday morning. It did not take long for the gloves to come off. Yeah, the very first Republican presidential debate now in the books. Good morning. It's August the 24th. This is today. Squaring off. The only first on the stage who isn't bought and paid for. Eight Republican presidential candidates face the first test of the 2024 race. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. The major moments and how former President Trump loomed large over the night despite his absence. So who helped themselves and who didn't? We will break it all down. On the attack, hours before he's due to surrender at a Georgia jail, the former president blasting prosecutors. I got indicted four times. All trivia, nonsense. What to expect as he turns himself in on charges he tried to overturn the 2020 election. Putin's revenge, the mercenary who led a short-lived mutiny against the Russian leader, presumed dead in a plane crash. What we're learning about the mid-air mystery and the many questions surrounding the doomed flight. Shootout, gunfire erupts at a famous biker bar. Possibly active shooter took corner. The suspect thought to be a former law enforcement officer. It sounded like firecrackers, and then you started seeing people screaming and running. The chaotic scene and what police are saying about a possible motive. Those stories plus, the heat is on. Another sweltering day for 100 million Americans. Temperatures soaring into the triple digits again. But relief finally in sight. Al's got the full forecast. And fan fiction, some of the NFL's biggest stars getting together ahead of the new season. What if that Jimmy Garoppolo character fell in love with my character? Steamy, forbidden love. That's a good looking guy right there, Mom. I see where you're going. An exclusive first look at the cheeky way they're getting fans ready. I can't make this stuff up. Today, Thursday, August 24th, 2023. From NBC News. This is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Welcome to Today. So happy you're joining us on this Thursday morning. Savannah is on vacation. Craig is here with me. Good to see you, Craig. Good to see you. we got a lot happening. We begin with two major stories unfolding this morning. Last night's first Republican presidential debate in Milwaukee. And Donald Trump, the front runner who was not there, set to turn himself in later today over racketeering and conspiracy charges in Georgia. We've got it all covered this morning from the next legal steps to full analysis of the debate. And that's where we're going to start with NBC's Garrett Hake. He was right there in Milwaukee in the thick of it. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Yeah, and the former president and current Republican frontrunner was a major topic of debate himself, despite never setting foot on the stage last night, taping an online interview instead. But there was plenty of heated conversation to go around for the other eight candidates, all trying to find some way to stand out in this crowded field. 
explain why they overnight fireworks on center stage at the first Republican debate. We need to bring with frontrunner Donald Trump refusing to attend, citing his lead in the polls, the night revolved around the next two highest polling candidates, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. We will send Joe Biden back to his basement and we will reverse the decline of this country. And entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state. The polarizing political newcomer trading barbs with nearly every other candidate who pointed out his lack of experience. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. Now that everybody's gotten their memorized, pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion now. And his combative style. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. Some of the night's most substantive discussion on the issue of abortion and whether candidates would support a federal ban. I promise you, as president of the United States, the American people will have a champion for life in the Oval Office. Don't make women feel like they have to decide on this issue when you know we don't have 60 Senate votes. Despite his glaring absence in the room, Mr. Trump's presence still felt. Ask if they'd support him as the GOP nominee, even if he were convicted. Eventually, six candidates, including DeSantis, saying yes, as the crowd reacted. Though some still seized on his legal and political baggage. The conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. Former Vice President Mike Pence using the debate to to once again defend his actions on January 6th. He asked me to put him over the Constitution, and uh, I chose the Constitution. Would you have approached that question and that point any differently on the stage tonight if Donald Trump had been on it with you? I don't believe I would, and uh, I think it was a missed opportunity for him Mm. not to be there. My bet is, uh, my bet is he might, he might, uh, he might be at the next one. The former president's advisors say the focus on him and on his policies and on the chaotic nature of the debate generally vindicated his decision not to show up and point to the millions of online viewers for his other interview. The question now is what, if anything, could compel the former president to show up at the next debate next month? Craig. All right. Garrett Higforce there in Milwaukee. Garrett, thank you for a closer look at that debate. We bring in NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker, here with us in the studio. Kristen is, uh, so as one of the moderators put it last night, the, uh, the, the, the big elephant not in the room, Donald Trump. We'll get to him in just a moment, but let's talk about the folks who were on the stage mm-hmm. last night. Who stood out most to you? What surprised you most? I think what surprised me most is that this was not the debate we were expecting. We were expecting Governor Ron DeSantis, who's number two in the polls, to former President Trump to really be in the spotlight. Instead, it was newcomer Vivek Ramaswamy who really was front and center last night. You saw all of these heated exchanges with former Vice President Mike Pence, with U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. And I think that that undoubtedly increased his name recognition. I think more people know his name today. The question is, does it cut both ways? He was also on the receiving end of some pretty serious attacks. Pence called him a rookie. You had Haley saying that basically he has no foreign policy experience and it shows. And Christie saying he sounds like chat GPT. So how will Republican voters respond? That remains to be seen. 
Ron DeSantis walked away from this pretty unscathed. So to some extent, it's a bit of a win for him. And also, it thought it was notable that former President Trump, yes, there were questions about him. The majority of the candidates standing on that stage said they would support him, even if he's convicted of crimes. But really, this was a debate about policy. Speaking of policy, it was interesting to hear the candidates talk about the war in Ukraine and how they would handle that differently. But it was a little, you know, to, to also hear them talk about President Trump when they finally got to him about an hour into the debate. In terms of the, the policy divisions that were laid bare last night, how do you think that affects the campaigns going forward? What storylines do you see emerging going forward? Well, I think Ukraine, as you say, Craig, is going to be a big issue. We really saw this divide within the Republican Party. You saw the traditional conservative strong on foreign policy position from candidates like Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Governor Chris Christie. On the other hand, you saw the isolationist wing of the party in Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy, who said, look, we don't think we should be putting more money toward funding Ukraine. We think it should be going to the southern border. That's a popular position with GOP primary voters. If you look at the polls, the other big issue was abortion. You had Pence and a lot of the other candidates endorsing a national ban. Nikki Haley really trying to cast herself as a pragmatist, saying there just aren't the votes for that in Congress, underscoring how complicated this issue is heading into the general election. And remember, a majority of Americans are opposed to Roe v. Wade being overturned. Our chief White House correspondent, Kristen Walker. Good to have you. Thank Great you, Great to be here. Thanks. As we mentioned, former President Trump was not on that debate stage, but he will be in Georgia later today. He's expected to turn himself in at an Atlanta jail. Mr. Trump is facing racketeering and conspiracy charges for his alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. NBC's Blaine Alexander is right there in Georgia with what to expect. Hey, Blaine. Well, Hoda, good morning to you. When the former president comes here to the jail to surrender later this evening, he will use this entrance. Now, once inside, he will be fingerprinted. He will possibly have a mugshot taken before being released on $200,000 bond. Facing legal battles on four different fronts, this morning, former President Trump is defiantly blasting them all. I got indicted four times. All trivia, nonsense. It's all it's horrible when you look and, and you look at what they're doing. Speaking with former Fox News host Tucker Carlson in a pre-taped interview released on social media, Trump slammed his latest criminal indictment in Georgia and the district attorney who charged him with allegedly trying to overturn the state's 2020 presidential election. Basically, she's saying Trump doesn't have the right to... Uh, to criticize an election. Trump and Carlson also discussed the aftermath of the election and January 6th, with Carlson asking this. So do you think it's possible that there's open conflict? We seem to be moving towards something. I don't know. I don't know. There's a level of passion that I've never seen. There's a level of hatred that I've never seen. And that's probably a bad combination. The interview aired just hours before the one-time reality TV star will hold a primetime surrender, traveling to Atlanta to be booked and processed at the Fulton County Jail later tonight. It comes as lawyers for Trump's co-defendants negotiated their bond. Sir, can you tell us anything about your conversations in the DA's office today? I cannot. At least nine of the 18 other defendants have already surrendered and been released, including Rudy Giuliani. I am being indicted because I'm a lawyer. As he left the jail, Giuliani told reporters he spoke with the former president before turning himself in. I wish him well. I have every confidence in him. What they are doing to him is an assault on the American Constitution. 
Now, guys, we don't know how long the former president will actually spend inside the building. Giuliani was there for less than an hour, another co-defendant for about 90 minutes. And this morning, we're also getting news about another co-defendant, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. He had an emergency request to block his arrest, denied by a judge. Of course, he made the move as he's trying to move his case to federal court. The DA here has made it clear that she will issue arrest warrants for anyone who does not surrender by tomorrow at noon. Hoda. All right. Blaine Alexander for us. Blaine, thank you. We're going to get some perspective on all of this from NBC senior legal correspondent and Weekend Today co-anchor host, uh, Laura Jarrett. Laura, it's good to see you. Okay. So Trump is going to turn himself in. That's going to happen today. He's had other indictments. This one's different. This is at a county jail. Yes. This is the fourth time he has surrendered. But a county jail is very different than a federal courthouse, which is the first two times. And then then the third time was, of course, in Manhattan, again, at the DA's office. This is a county jail that is under federal investigation for how they treat inmates, the conditions at the jail. Of course, everyone wants to know whether he's going to get the mugshot. But even the idea that the former president of the United States has to wait there. Someone was there for 90 minutes because there are other people there being processed at the same time. So they kind of keep business as usual and just say who's next former President they Trump step to. up. They have to. And that's why you see some people going in the dead of night at three in the morning because they want to try to get through fast. Um, some This is interesting because there are so many co-defendants. There are 19. Some want to change a venue. Yeah. Some want a speedy trial. Some want to go to federal court. I mean, what is the DA's idea? The idea, I think, initially was to try them all together or bring them all together in a courtroom. That seems totally not likely. I, I think given how many defendants you have, it just shows how unwieldy this case could yeah. be. And I think maybe perhaps the hope originally was you charge 19 people and some people will flip. But I think this all this motion practice just shows how hard it's going to be to wrap this up by the election. Let's go to the Mar-a-Lago case for just a second. So Trump is accused of possessing classified documents and obstructing justice. So there's a head of IT guy who was repped by one of Trump's attorneys now said, hey, you know what? I don't want you to rep me anymore. I'm going to have a public defender. And in fact, he's changed his story. So what does all of that do to that case? It just shows you all the conflicts of interest. When you have people who are representing a cooperator and also someone charging a case, at least one federal judge said, hey, wait a minute, excuse me, do you want to actually speak to a different lawyer? Mm -hmm. And what does he do? The moment he gets a new public defender, he changes his story and he flips. And to be able to have that testimony at trial will be invaluable for prosecutors. Right, so the head of IT as well. All right, Laura Jarrett. Laura, thank you so much. Good to see you. None of that breaking news overnight in California. A mass shooting inside a well-known biker bar. This morning, we're hearing about the frightening scene as police reveal new details about the suspected shooter. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer is live for us in Los Angeles with details on this one. Miguel, good morning. Craig, good morning. The deadly shooting took place at the historic bar Cook's Corner. It's been in business for almost 100 years and is a popular spot in Orange County, California. Police revealing overnight the suspect may have worked in law enforcement. Overnight, police responding to a mass shooting at this famous biker bar in Orange County, California. Eight shots were fired, white male, plaid shirt Police say the first shots rang out at the Cook Corner Wednesday night, just as the live band started playing during the bar's weekly spaghetti night. Oh my God. Chaos erupting as people inside rushed to get out of harm's way. KNBC speaking to a witness who says she was sitting next to the shooter's estranged wife. And then he turns around and then he starts shooting at me and Marie, his wife. He had two guns 
and he was just going bang, 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 bang. And I just felt them going by me. Ryan Gaitis was on the patio with his seven-month-old baby. You started seeing people screaming and running. Police arrived on scene minutes after the first 911 calls were made and immediately confronted the suspect. Two or three deputies roll up and without hesitation just started loading on, unloading on them. Police say the gunman was shot and killed by responding officers. And we have been made aware that the suspect may be retired law enforcement. We are working to confirm that information as we speak. That witness who says she was next to the alleged shooter's wife told our partners KNBC the wife was shot and her condition remains unknown. And again, three law enforcement sources familiar with the matter tell NBC News that she may have been the target of the attack. Craig. Our national correspondent there, Miguel Almaguer. Miguel, thank you. Let's move now to a mysterious plane crash in Russia. The head of a mercenary group that challenged Vladimir Putin's reign is presumed dead. He was believed to be on board a private jet that crashed shortly after taking off from Moscow. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel has the very latest on this. Hey, Richard, good morning. Uh, good morning, Hoda. So far, the Kremlin is staying silent. They've not issued any official statement about the alleged death of Yevgeny Prigozhin. But many of Vladimir Putin's enemies have met violent ends, either been poisoned or pushed out of windows. And some Russia watchers thought that his death was just a matter of time. Was this Putin's revenge? Russian aviation officials say a corporate jet fell from the sky Wednesday and that Putin's one-time aide-turned-enemy, Yevgeny Prigozhin, was among the 10 people killed. Everything about this crash is suspicious. The flight took off from Moscow, reached 28,000 feet, then disappeared from radar, dropping quickly and uncontrollably, suggesting the plane was hit by a missile or there was a bomb on board. Witnesses describe hearing an explosion and seeing the plane break into pieces. I heard a big bang, said Vitaly Stepanak. A wing flew off in one direction, and the fuselage went like that, and then it glided down on one wing. The timing is also suspicious. Two months to the day after Prigozhin, the leader of the Wagner mercenary group, launched a mutiny against the Kremlin, sending a convoy of his fighters toward Moscow, challenging Putin's grip on power. Prigozhin stopped after reaching a deal with Putin for amnesty that few believed was genuine. A Wagner member this morning said the group will continue to operate under new management. We have other commanders who we obey and we will operate further. What has happened has happened. We have to stay together, he said. Prigozhin was last seen just days ago, somewhere in Africa, where Wagner has interests in gold and diamond mines. It's unclear why he returned to Moscow and boarded the plane. A senior advisor to Ukraine's President Zelensky this morning said that only President Putin would benefit from Prigozhin's murder, saying that it was an attempt to shore up Putin's support and convince his inner circle that he's still in charge. Hoda? All right, Richard Engel for us there. Richard, thank you so much. 
It is 718. What do you say? We say good morning to Mr. Roker. Hey, Al. Good morning, guys, and good morning to you. It's that four tops hit. It's the same old song from Minneapolis down to New Orleans, Houston. 98 million people under heat advisories, watches, and warnings, especially this heat dome just hanging in there. With the humidity, it's going to feel like 116 in Chicago today, 103 in Tampa, Dallas feeling like 110. For tomorrow, we're going to continue to see triple-digit heat indexes for Raleigh, St. Louis, Fort Smith, Arkansas, Austin, Texas. But watch this cold front. It pushes through. And then as we get into early next week, Chicago, you're going to be gorgeous with temperatures in the 70s, upper 80s, but dropping into Lexington, mid-80s in Omaha, Minneapolis comfortable. Strong thunderstorms now, flooding rains, making their way through Ohio for Michigan. We've got 16 million people at risk for damaging winds, a gust of 75 miles per hour. And heavy rain locally, we could see upwards of four inches of rain from Cleveland to Erie, Pittsburgh, and here into the Northeast through tomorrow, heavy rain from Hartford, Boston, and Portland. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Thank you. Uh, Coming up, a new twist in the legal drama involving the family portrayed in the movie The Blind Side. We have Emily Aketa following that story. Hi, Em. Hey there. Well, Michael Orr is ramping up his legal offensive with a new filing demanding for a full accounting of the Tuohy's family finances over the past two decades, what he says he didn't know about the blindside contract coming up. All right. Also ahead, a historic mission to the moon that's unlike any other. And look who we have here. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's here live to tell us why this was so important and what we could find there. But first, this is today, an out-of-this-world edition of Today on NBC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed (laughs) it's thursday it's the 24th day of august chanel joins our table 
Look at this. Right now as we speak, a lot of alarm clocks may be going off. Kids waking up, heading back to school. Y'all excited? Come on, make some noise. Yeah, first day jitters. That's what's happening right there in Virginia. That guy right there who's standing with all the kids, that's Joseph Olmo. He's from our station, uh, NBC4 in Washington. He's joining us live. That's Potomac Elementary School. First day of school. Kids are excited. Joseph, good morning. Happy back to school. Hey, Hoda, happy back to school to you as well. Yeah, we are in Loudoun County, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. 83,000 students headed back to the classroom after a long summer break to the 2023-2024 school year. Four of those students joining us live on the Today Show right now. They're going to answer some questions right before they head into the school building. I am going to start off with you. What was the favorite thing you did this summer? Going on a Disney cruise. Going on a Disney cruise. We got to get you go on a Universal cruise at some point. Hey, we're, what is your favorite subject in class? No, we're going to talk to you first about what you were most excited about for the school year. The fifth grade play. The fifth grade play. I'm sure everybody in the drama class is excited about that. What is your favorite subject? Um, social studies. Social studies. And how about you? Math. Math. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could say the same when I was in middle school. Guys, the excitement is live out here in Loudoun County, Virginia. Come on. Let's make some noise. Again, 83,000 students headed back into the classroom today. That was really fun. That's a, I've been to that school, by yeah. the way, when I worked on it. That's a solid elementary yeah. school. That's too, fantastic. So. Mm-hmm. Happy back to right. school to all yeah. of you returning mm-hmm. this morning. Lots to get to here on a Thursday morning as well in terms of the news, including some new developments in that dispute between the central characters in the Blindside film, former NFL player Michael Orr filing a new legal motion with some new accusations against the family he long considered his adoptive parents. NBC's Emily Aketa is here in the studio with more on this one. Emily, good morning to you. Good morning to you guys. The big screen drama has now become a courtroom drama. Michael Orr is accusing Leanne Tui and her husband, Sean, of keeping nearly two decades of financial information from him. Now he's asking a court to compel the Tuies to provide answers. This morning, Michael Orr, whose story inspired the movie The Blind Side, accusing Sean and Leanne Tui of enriching themselves at his expense. Are you going to protect the family, Michael? Yes, ma'am. In a new legal motion, Orr claims he has no knowledge of the income generated from the Tui's use of his name, likeness, and image over the years, and that the Tui's have falsely claimed he is their adopted son as part of their marketing and business ventures. The document is the latest filing in the legal battle between Orr and the Tuies. Orr, who played eight seasons in the NFL, claims he only learned six months ago that the Tuies had become his conservators back in 2004, rather than adopting him as he had thought. An unusual step, according to attorneys familiar with the process. A conservatorship is based on the notion that the person for whom a conservator is being sought has some sort of disability. In an interview last week with the Daily Memphian, Sean Tui said the conservatorship was a way for then 18-year-old Orr to live with them and play for Ole Miss without violating NCAA rules, saying lawyers told them they couldn't adopt over the age of 18. The only thing we could do was to have a conservatorship. But in Tennessee, adult adoption is legal and was at that time. The Blindside film earned more than $300 million at box offices worldwide. A source close to the film tells NBC News the Tuies received approximately $700,000 to be evenly split among the family. But in court filings, Orr says he's been kept in the dark about his portion of those proceeds. Orr is asking for a full accounting and for the conservatorship, which he acknowledged in a 2011 memoir, to now be terminated. 
The Tuohys have not commented on the recent motion, but in a previous statement, their lawyer said in part they will never oppose terminating the conservatorship. And the Tuohys have given Mr. Orr an equal cut of every penny received from the blind side. As for Orr, he's been seen in recent days on tour for his latest book, meeting fans in Florida Wednesday night, though not addressing the lawsuit. And Michael Orr and his lawyers have not responded to our request for comment on the motion. He previously said he will let the lawsuit speak for itself. So, I mean, it's just such a sad story all around. Yeah. But what happens next, Emily? Where, where does it go from here? So as we mentioned, Orr is wanting a full accounting of the TUI's finances over the past two decades. Well, that has to be compelled only by the court. So there has to be a hearing. And legal experts point out that it being in the most populated county in Tennessee, that's something that could take months to come to fruition. So this is something that has been brewing for a while and will continue to brew for a while. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, uh, coming up, just as we mentioned a few moments ago, kids heading back to school. And as that happens, COVID rates are climbing. Our expert, Dr. Natalie Azar, is going to tell us how we can protect our families and whether we all need to run out and get that latest booster shot. But first, a moon milestone. India just achieved something that's never been done before. And we'll have Neil deGrasse Tyson here to tell us why it's so exciting and what it means for all of us here on Earth right after this. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That, by the way, one of the most iconic speeches in American history. That was September 1962. That was John F. Kennedy announcing America's intention to put a man on the moon. Well, here we are, 61 years later, and we're talking about another historic moon moment. Yes, we are, because India just became the fourth nation to successfully land a spacecraft on the moon. But India is the only country that has ever landed near the moon's South Pole, and that's significant. Here to explain why this is so significant, we have astrophysicist and author Neil deGrasse Tyson here to break it down for us. Good morning to you, Good morning. Neil. Good morning. So let's yes. put this in perspective here. Why is this landing so close to the moon's South Pole so significant? Well, so you may know that the farther away from the equator you go, the lower the sun's arc is in the sky. Okay. Until you're near the poles, the sun just barely ambles above the horizon. Okay. If you, the same is true on the moon. If you go to the South Pole, mm-hmm. where there are craters that have rims, mm-hmm. the altitude of the sun over the horizon is not high enough to reach the bottom of the crater. Mm-hmm. So it's literally where the sun don't shine. Okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, 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 
when the moon's hit by asteroids and comets, comets have water. If water lands in those places, they're called coal traps, and the water never goes away. Well, that's the key there, the water. So you're near water, and that's interesting. But what I found surprising is water is something that may actually be able to trans- be transformed into fuel. Yeah, so you can drink water, yeah. but if you separate the hydrogen and the oxygen, H2O, and bring them back together, it is rocket fuel. Mm. And you know what the exhaust is? Water. Okay. So it's it's pretty clean rocket fuel. And that's the main engine of the space shuttle. That big orange tank that they used, that's hydrogen and oxygen being merged together to create the thrust to put that puppy into orbit. Wow. We understand you actually met with the Indian prime minister er earlier this summer. What did you to talk about with regard to space exploration. That was his first comment. He says, here are our plans for space. We want to uh, 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 involve private enterprise. We Mm -hmm. want to grow. I said, yeah, good. I said, try to make sure everybody's involved because then the whole country can participate because India is a diverse community of Mm -hmm. of, uh, ethnicities and religions. And I said, that way the whole country can can share in Mm -hmm. these visions and maybe uh, ambitions in space could be one of the greatest forces of peace. I was just about to say, ever, and unify it. A, a unifying force of peace Absolutely. for everyone's unifying future. Force of oh, peace. Yeah. Let's let that marinate thank, for a minute. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Thank Happy you, that Neil. you came to see us. You thank you. It. And mm-hmm. by the way, I should say, Neil is sticking around oh, yeah. for our third hour to give us an expert lesson in stargazing. Why don't you stick okay, for yeah, the this is important because Al's going to quiz us. Uh-oh. We've got to check of the weather. Well, Uh-oh. In honor of Mr. DeGrasse Tyson, we have a lunar edition. Of who's warmer? Uh, Mr. DeGrasse Tyson, why don't you come over here? Oh, really? So okay. Can I do that? Help us. Uh, uh, so Call me we, Neil, please. Neil, yes, okay. please. Yeah. So uh, you can uh, help us with this. So who's warmer? Death Valley, California, or the Apollo 11 landing site? Oh, well, it depends on whether it's daytime or nighttime there. But in the daytime, it's way hotter. Okay. And let 100, 109 today. That should Death be over Valley. 200. And boom, yep. 200 oh, plus. Yes. I don't know if we really needed to see that. Uh, In fact, nighttime temperatures down to what? uh, Minus 208? Yeah, it's a big swing. There's no atmosphere to smooth out Mm -hmm. the warm and the cold places. So so, uh, daytime. And the moon does not have a dark side. Right. That's Pink Floyd messed us all up. (laughs) With that album. So uh, the moon just passed the first quarter. Yes. And then on August 30th. We've got our second full moon. Second full moon. August has a full time between full moons is 29 and a half days. Mm-hmm. They fit all those inside August, which right. has 31 days. Boom. Poor February can never have a blue moon. Oh, that's right. Okay. Blue moons, wow. I guess, occur only once every year. Every two to three years. So once in a blue moon is not all that rare. It's more common than the Olympics and presidential <laughs> election. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Listen. Boom. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, that was fun. You gotta, that's, you're taking it on the road. You <laughs> we gotta, that was awesome. We got a thing. I, I, I I do think, though, the, the quote of the day, where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Indeed. It's, it's, I, just tell us, just putting the truth, the uh, truth out there. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. You, you. You found your spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> you really We're have. both from New York. Uh, uh, Neil, thank you. Yeah. We'll you see you it. next yeah. hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Al's got a really great story coming up in just a few minutes. Mr. Roker traveled to this small town in Arkansas. And he met some truly amazing teachers who went above and beyond after a tornado hit their town. And we had a very special surprise in store for them. But first, guys, in this morning's boost, another back-to-school moment you do not want to miss. A visitor made an unforgettable first day for some folks coming up right after this.
We're back. Jacob Sobroff joins the table. Hello. hello, hello. All right, let's hit our morning boost. The first day of school is already a very special day for kids all around the country. But for one second grader in Ohio, the day was extra memorable. That's because Eli Cronister got a surprise visit from someone he hadn't seen in years. Inside that, ma- that mascot costume, Eli's dad, who'd been deployed overseas. Take a look. It was the best feeling, the best moment that I've had. Oh, my God. Perry Cronister, a sergeant in the Ohio Army National Guard. He wanted to surprise his son. So a teacher at DeWitt Elementary came up with that idea costume. Cronister said, uh, it's been a long year. I'm just happy to be back with my buddy. Oh, okay, that sweet. leap. Wow. MVP. Oh. MVP. Yes. The mask dad. That oh, was a good one. Good. Uh, still ahead here. A U.S. Open staple. Not a player. We're talking about the food, folks. How to make, oh. how to make a crab cake that's a fan favorite. Plus, ahead in pop star Chip and Joanna Gaines rolling out a brand new show. We'll have that coming up in just a moment. That was- when it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, Practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.